I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, unexpectedly soup. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 374, Soup Club. Soup Club. Soup Club. Soup Club. So, I always have a combination of daily goals and other time-based goals. I draw daily something and I determine what counts pretty loosely. I don't have a real need to check it off even every day. I just do it. It's just something I do. But that hasn't always been my thing. Some days I have to stop and remind myself of that. I have to remind myself that even though I've been doing the podcast forever, the way I approach art and this whole drawing thing and the whole portraits thing, the way art is woven into my life now is relatively new. Relatively new. This daily thing is relatively new in the way I conceptualize it now. You might have to go back to the All But One show at the end of 2017, a show called All But One that year. And All But One is something that I keep in mind. It is a show that I think has some important things in it. All But One. It's a show I keep in mind. It's a way of being realistic, being real, allowing grace, being flexible with myself and gentle with myself and also keeping the big picture in mind. After all, our creative habits are mostly constructs and mostly constructs of our own making. Right now, as part of my 50 before 50, I have a self-portrait task, and I've mentioned this a few times. I sketch a self-portrait once a week in my journal as part of my documentation of this year. This journal could be documenting any year, really, but it's documenting this year. And when I do things that are on my 50 before 50 list, I document those too. I didn't take the you must do one thing every week approach to this list and this year. And I'm glad that was the right decision for me. So the journal isn't just a documentation of the 50 things. It might have been if I had done one thing a week, but that's not the way it's working out. So the journal is kind of this is life happening in this year. And when I do something on the list, I document it, I record it. But otherwise, it's kind of a life record. And the portrait is something that always shows up, should always show up. The way I've outlined this, and now that I'm well into it, the way it's unfolding, it's a really steady staple. Once a week, a self-portrait as part of the documentation of that week. Those kinds of tasks don't always work. I really know that. I'm often really cautious about saying I do certain things once a week or once a month even because I might suddenly stop. 
so I know that they can be iffy. I do. But this one somehow really has become a full crumb. I don't know what I look like anyway. (laughs) So there is always something a little bit unknown. Each week it's something new. There's something fascinating in doing these drawings. Each week they're different. I always look a little different. Some weeks the way my pen captures how I look is definitely different than others. And I could do these at any point in the week, but an easy and predictable system has emerged. By Friday or Saturday, I haven't done it yet. And so on Friday or Saturday, I use my favorite app for selfies and I snap a few. Wherever I am, usually in the car, lighting somehow is okay in the car for black and white, or else just sitting in my chair where I've taken up residence doing my regular job. I'll stop and I'll think, oh, I need to snap a few pictures so that I can do this drawing this week. And then I find one that I'm willing to draw. And usually on Saturday, I do it. On some Saturdays, I've taken my journal to the grocery and sat in the car and penciled in my rough sketch before going into the grocery. And that is maybe my fondest way to do this. It feels productive. It feels right. It balances out the routine nature of the groceries somehow. But each week a portrait has shown up and I feel really good about that. And then I just go ahead and I journal around it. Sometimes I journal around on the page first and just leave a space where I think, okay, I'll do the portrait there. But I always know it's going to happen in the couple of pages that record the week. It may be one of the only weekly drawing tasks that I've ever kept and kept up with, but it has become a thing, an anchor, a comforting sign and symbol. It's also really self-reliant. I don't have to go anywhere else. I don't have to find something super inspiring. I don't have to decide to look at something with some special lens or special eye. It doesn't have to be something precious or new or even pretty. It's there. I'm right there and I just have to snap a picture. All I really need is a phone that turns on. Okay, right now that's a huge challenge, but a phone that turns on and can take a picture and I'm set. My phone right now only works when it's plugged in. So I'm finally admitting that I have to do something about it. It has hard died immediately with increasing frequency in the last week since the problem really started. A few days ago, I forgot, and I started to snap a picture as I got ready to pull a book off of a library shelf, and I was going to snap a photo, and boom, phone's out. And then yesterday, I decided to find some tiled stairs, and I didn't think about it, and as I got out of the car, I was going to snap a picture, and boom, such a record of life on our phones and our photos. We're so dependent on that easy access. It's a fascinating thing, but it really is a part of every day. So today, see, I've already started out in a way I didn't really, really expect. I thought that maybe I should just record something that says, out to lunch, gone fishing, closed until next year out to lunch 
well, no, not really, not out to lunch. That wouldn't be the reason out for coffee. Mm. The sign could say caught in a mental traffic jam or maybe woke up on a deserted island. Wi-Fi iffy. I don't really know what it should say. No one home. No one home. Maybe. And maybe in reality, you don't need a sign because whatever rolls to the top of the list is there. That's what you listen to. And what isn't there simply isn't. There's a cavalier approach to the way we think about and maybe even appreciate our spaces, our entertainment and inspiration feeds, our groups. If it's there right in front of us and right up top, awesome. And if not, something else is. No one home. I often fantasize about throwing up signs, all kinds of signs, seeking, looking for, feeling, confused by, grateful for, irritated by, wishing, admitting, knowing, remembering, wanting, needing, hoping, you could go on and on and on. These signs, it's partly the way we connect. Sometimes we just want to throw this sign up and hope someone catches sight of this sign. And some people do it and it works. And some people do it and it doesn't work. I tend to fall into the latter and so I don't usually throw up very many signs. I just think about them. No one home. So what happened? Was there a tipping point? Mm, it is everything and nothing, I think everything and nothing. And maybe it is an avalanche of this and that, and the absence of this and that at the same time. And a whole lot of simple living, hurt feelings, loneliness, emptiness, resignation, a lot of negativity. Yeah, it's true. And I know that I see it. I see how every sentence could slide that way. And so I keep saying to myself, you can't talk because you can't shake that. And that's not why I'm here. It's not what I need to do here. It's not why you're listening. So maybe no one is home, maybe out to lunch, maybe all of those things. I've considered drastic moves. And unfortunately, that's what happens. The more and more pushed I get, the more and more signs I have in my head and the more and more impulsive and rash things I think, well, I'm just going to do this or stop doing this or X, Y, and Z. And I thought about not showing up until next year, just taking a break, a little season break. But I know how easily little pauses can turn into norms. The things that are habitual and are well-established and real part of you when you stop, even for a little bit, whether it's intentional or not, sometimes those stops can grow and it can be hard to cross that divide. I've thought about a lot of things, but I can't get past something about a snow globe. So I know that's going to happen in these next seven weeks or I guess there are not seven left in these next maybe five or six weeks. 
Oh, I really, really hope that at some point I get to just sit and think it through. Just because it's got such a warm feel. And it was already almost a year ago that it first came up and I still never have done it. But something about a snow globe. I threw out some questions in the CMP group recently. Questions about favorites, TV shows, movies, holiday movies, soups. I'm always curious. I like to see what people say. You get a real good cross-section, I think, of people in some cases. Where you're from may influence some of those. Your age, how you grew up. A lot of different things come up in these kinds of lists, what we know, what our touchstones are. I'm always looking for and enjoying a list anyway. You never know what you might try or what you might have been missing. I love in other groups when someone will say, hey, I have a weekend alone or I'm homesick or need to line up a binge weekend of girls night movies or shows. What should I watch or what should I read? I love to scour those threads. I need to take something to this get-together. What can I make food-wise? Or I need to give this kind of gift. What could I do? I love the community aspect of that. The simple sense that a whole bunch of people generously share ideas. And then there's such a range of ideas, so much diversity in the ideas. I always find good suggestions that way. And It is interesting how those kinds of conversations can also make you feel outside. It is interesting to watch the dynamics sometimes that happen in those kinds of moments. But so many good things come out of that. So I paused in my notes at this point and I stopped. I walked the dog. I flipped through the book I'm going to mention just a little bit more. I looked at Instagram. I got sidelined at Instagram by a stream of photos with rainbows and words of positivity and optimism and hope. And then a shard of light. And weirdly, I wrote the alphabet on the middle of the page where I was taking these notes, first in cursive and then in block letters. I'm always thinking that someday I'll really learn architect-style printing. But these days, I'm enjoying almost by accident some cursive and suddenly enjoying bolder nibs, which is a real unexpected twist. So I paused. I reached the point in my thought process where I had to stop, turn things around, catch my breath, realign, and then come back. Little things. I am in the midst of rewatching Gilmore Girls, which those of you in the CMP group know. And I'm watching from a really different mindset than the last time. So I've been watching that. But I watched two random holiday movies this week. Whatever was featured on Netflix when I turned the TV on, I thought, I'll just go ahead and watch that. It's really out of character for me. I seem to be doing a number of things that are a little bit out of character for me. I watched Holly Star, and I always think it would be rather wonderful to have a tree farm and work on a tree farm or work on a tree lot. I watched the night, K-N-I-G-H-T, the night before Christmas. A bit of unbelievable, 
but lighthearted medieval meets modern day romance. And then I watched Holiday Secrets, which is some kind of limited series family drama piece on Netflix right now. So three different things. The Holiday Secrets was a couple of episodes. Random. Random. The pile of books staring at me continues to grow, though its contours shift a bit as I do give in and return a few week to week and bring home new ones from the library to add into this mix. A stack of urban sketching books are there again at the top of the pile. Some I've had out before, but some of these are different. Some that I checked out because I've been mulling things over mulling things over related to making connections and trying to solve, solve some things, getting farther and farther away, I think, from any solutions, but I'm still trying to figure it out. A stack of comic drawing books, a stack of graphic memoirs, an illustrated biography of Rita Kahlo, two copies of Margaret Atwood's The Testaments from the night we got to see her talk and they gave everyone a copy Farm Anatomy, which I haven't opened, and Food Anatomy, which I did open and was really enchanted by, I think even more so than Nature Anatomy. And now that I am saying that, I think I never came back and talked about Food Anatomy, which I meant to. So I need to look at Farm Anatomy and take both of those back. All Over Coffee is there in the pile again. I pulled it from the shelves the other day, driven by something. I haven't even opened it, but I needed to go get it off the shelf of the library. And it was about getting it off the shelf of the library, too. I don't need it on my shelf. I just needed to go get it. There's something there, something, some memory, comfort, hope, the sense of possibility and reach that drove last year, the sense of wander from the year before, the quest for connection, the love of line. There's a softness and a quiet to it. The mystery of how things appear, how they catch our attention, how they spring up in front of us in this undeniable way. And then there's one called Carve, Stamp, and Play by Julie Fifan Balzer. I thought initially I would talk more about that one. I've had it for quite a while. I had a whole stack of books that I brought home with it weeks and weeks ago, but I probably won't at this point. So if you enjoy carving stamps or you have been curious about that whole process, you can do stamp carving as simply as using pink or white erasers then it's a really nice book to look at. I think you'll enjoy looking at it. I love the process of carving stamps, really do. I love the look of it. There are some people I follow that I am completely inspired by in this space. And I keep wanting to grab an eraser and just do one. But I think I finally accepted and understood that while I love the doing of it, I don't really enjoy the using of them. It doesn't really fit me right now. I have mixed thoughts on this, but that's kind of where I am. And I think even though I would enjoy sitting and carving one, it's really unlikely that I'll use it. It felt good to finally see that, to see that divide within myself. So I want to do it, but then I don't care much about using them. It's the process that I love. And I think most things boil down to process, but 
I just, for some reason, that means it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me right now for me as something to do. Actually, one of the others in the pile, though, the pile of books, I hoped to mention. And at this point in the year, I really don't think I'll get to that one either. It's going to slide away. This whole year is going to slide away. I'll probably take most of these books back as I begin to make room for the holiday. Finally admit that the holiday leaves me without time to covet my stack of library books. So I'll mention this one just quickly. It's one of the lab series books. I've talked about some of the other ones really early on when this was a new series. But I was making some recommendations a few months ago in the community, and I pulled up the lab series to get some of the titles and realize that there are a whole bunch of them now. It seems like a series that really expanded things like drawing lab and painting lab. And there's a whole bunch of them and your library should have them. Mine did. And this one is drawing comics lab. And it's a nice one to look through. I enjoyed looking through it. If you have a kid that has an interest in comics or manga or cartooning, or if that kid or artist is you, then this is one to pull from your library and look at. You might enjoy some of the different exercises, the labs in it. There are other more technical or more advanced, meteor how-to books like Scott McCloud's books, or, and of course, Linda Berry's books like Syllabus and Making Comics if you're more serious about the pursuit of cartooning, but I still think you would enjoy looking through the other one. Drawing Comics Lab. Actually, there are a bunch of books in this space that I would recommend. I always enjoy looking through them. I'm not interested in starting from square one, which is often, I think, not necessarily a good thing, but there are a bunch of books I always look through, any of them that I find about comics. And it is funny, not in the ha-ha way. Not really. It's funny in the wry, ironic, resigned way, maybe, that we are nearing the end of November. Uh, Funny that I thought I might expand to do a graphic novel podcast. A few months ago, I had real plans to do that. I thought about it for months, last spring and over the summer. I really thought that would be something in a big list of some things, but that that would really be something that I would really work on this fall. I thought these months after August would be different. I thought I would accomplish a lot more, although really most of my day is exactly the same. I don't know why I thought I'd fit so much in. In fact, I think things have gone the opposite way, and I wish that wasn't the case, but it is, and I have not yet started that other kind of show that I really, really can see myself doing it. It really, 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 really tugs at me. Still something I think about a lot, something I'd like to do. But what brought me to the page today and ultimately to the show, to the microphone, and it's very strange that once again, my notes were longhand. It's so unusual. Longhand notes Some of you know, I've mentioned it a time or two, but I have been doing more longhand, setting a timer in the mornings, doing some journaling that way, and it's been a really good thing for me. But my notes were longhand, red ink, a bunch of blank pages, (laughs) torn from an old spiral notebook. It's true. 
I am so much more willing to fill up cast off pages like that. What brought me here when I didn't know how to find my way here was ultimately soup. Soup. In the Share Your Favorite Soup thread, someone recommended a book called Soup Club. And so I immediately checked it out of the library. And I checked out another book too that day. I've got another soup book that I think I've had before. But Soup Club was new to me. So I checked it out, brought it home, and I finally opened it up this weekend. And I started reading. And you might go back and listen to the Ladies Drawing Night show. That one comes up for me in this frame of thought. But I started reading about what these women do, these four women how it works and how they started it and what they do. And I cried and big alligator tears seeping and rolling and dropping as I read about this club and thought about people who do this, who have this, these connections, these tearful moments. They are not super new. This is not a show about that. So it isn't just the soup book that did this. So I kept looking. I haven't found anything that I'll make yet. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't know that I can contemplate all the time involved. I'm not that kind of soup maker. In some cases, I thought, oh, maybe I would try something like that. But then I'm not even sure what that one sentence in the directions means, what it refers to. I read this one line a whole bunch of times trying to understand and picture what that was. Mostly, just not interested enough in cooking to be willing to go to so much trouble, to need so many things. I haven't made it through the book. I was in the first section when I found myself here on the page in the podcast because almost instantly I said, what about a year of soup? Personal project, one a week. Could I? Would I? 52 weeks of soup, 52 different soups. Would I? Could I? Those are big considerations, of course. I am one to eat the same two or three foods over and over for days or weeks or months. It's just easy. Would I really make something different like this every week? Something new? Would I? Could I? Something different each week. Would I go to the trouble to try 50 different soups? And would I be willing to commit to doing it once a week? Say every Saturday, I make a soup. Even when I look at recipe books and magazines, there are rarely more than one or two I'd be willing to try. And sometimes those are the kinds I already make. It does no good to give me soup recipe books because I'm just not that adventurous. I don't eat or like much meat. That rules out a lot. I don't blend or use, or want, or want to need immersion tools. Nope. I don't buy whole chickens. I am not familiar with most unusual vegetables listed. I don't really plan to make broths from scratch. <laughs> I prefer things that I can throw into the crock pot. A year of soup, though. Oh, it's really, really compelling. It's tantalizing. It sounds tasty. So... There definitely are a lot of things in the no category, why it wouldn't work or why I might not stick with it. But the idea was a bolt of light, this comforting thought, something practical and warm and real. It does also invite 
drawing and tracking and documentation, would I really do it? Stick with it? That's always the thing. Really trying to forecast if it will stick. It's difficult. I am almost surprised that the self-portrait each week has stuck so far. Some weeks I think, uh, I don't know if I want to do it today or do I have to do it or why do I have to do it or does it matter? And then I do it. It matters to me to show up for this. This far in it, it does matter to me. A year of soup. In January, I talk a lot about all the ideas we throw up in the air and we see which ones stick. So I also know that's a thing because there are all kinds of projects that we always want to do and you really pick and choose. A year of soup. Mm. A shard of light. Not a club. Nope, not a club. Just a me. Just a me. I wonder if I've had that same idea before. I wonder if I've talked about it before. I know I've talked about soup because soup is a thing. I've had other years where soup has been really important, like tea. Soup has a whole lot wrapped up in it in my head. I'm actually intrigued enough by the thought of it as a personal project. I'm definitely thinking it has merit. It might be doable. It doesn't require others, really, but it would be practical and nourishing, literally and creatively. And it could be fun. You'll have to stay tuned to see if it shows up in January, but I'm really thinking this has some legs. Or at least a spoon. Thinking this is something good. I am thinking this is a good thing. I am indeed. And it is a book that you probably should check out if you are interested in cooking and or like soup and or think it's fun when groups of friends or BFFs do things like this where they have regular swaps. I think you'll find this one interesting, what they did and how they do it. And I think it's a pretty cool thing. So I will link the book in the show notes. It is called Soup Club. And I hope you'll take a look. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for episode 374. I think it's always better to go ahead and jump back in. Jump back in. So a soup club. Well, no, not a soup club, but a soup project. Maybe, maybe. And I hope you're already thinking and looking ahead too. Looking, yes, at what you might do for December if you do anything, but thinking ahead too to January and what that's going to mean for you in terms of your projects for the year, your goals, how you want to track or journal or draw or where you want to spend your energy and effort. It's not like you have to make every decision for January, you don't. You can pick up a project at any point in the year. But sometimes there's something really nice and fun and exciting and inspiring when you have some ideas that you want to kick off the year with. And maybe they do end up having longevity and really becoming something that works and that helps define and give shape and contour to your days and your weeks and your year. So I do hope you are thinking about those things. And I hope you have a space where you're able to talk about them with other people and sort of hash things out. Sometimes when you hear yourself say it out loud, you realize, oh, I am really interested in this. Sometimes you hear yourself say it out loud and you think, yeah, no, I, while that might sound fun, I don't want to do it. And sometimes other people can give you good guidance or counsel or ask you questions that make you really sort of tease out what would and wouldn't work for you and why. So 
lots and lots of options there. I hope you're thinking about it. This show is being recorded before Thanksgiving. Probably it will be released before. And I hope that you do have a good Thanksgiving. I hope that however you celebrate the day, if you're in the U.S., that you do so with peace and with gratitude in your heart. Take time to think about the things for which you are grateful, whether that is easy for you or more difficult. Making a list is always a good thing. I hope there's some special time for you on that day, something you really enjoy, special memories as well. Maybe you have rituals or family traditions or favorite foods, or you watch a certain movie at the end of the day, or you do something around the table, or maybe you just enjoy the day off. All of those things have a place, but I hope it's a special day for you. I am grateful for the space I have here on the podcast to talk to those of you who are out there. I am grateful to be surrounded by so many inspiring people in the online community who amaze me both with their skill and their ability, their enthusiasm, their excitement, their generosity, the people who give back to others day in and day out, both by sharing their work and by supporting other people and commenting, encouraging. I am inspired by all of you and I'm very grateful to have met so many really wonderful people as a byproduct of doing this show over the last 13 years. So as always, I'm Amy and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. The Patreon page is patreon.com slash creativity matters. And I very much appreciate those of you who support the show there. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.